Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 in the New King James. This is the law of sowing and reaping. In verse 6 it says, but this I say, can you read this with me? But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. In other words, you sow a little, you reap a little. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart. Right there, hold on one second. As he purposes. We give on purpose. We worship on purpose. There is intent. There is planning. There is strategy. We don't just give to give. We give with the purpose. And as God has purpose in your heart, you have to identify anything you sow into the kingdom of God is going for a purpose, and you are part of that purpose. Does that make sense? Everyone is tied to an assignment. You need this revelation. You are tied to an assignment. Regardless of who recognizes you or not, God, for example, I believe, sent you and assigned you to this church because we have an assignment. We invite you to partake of that assignment, and through this assignment, guess who God uses to fund it, underwrite it, do the services, serve. Every outreach, every means of provision comes through people, not just any people, a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. That's you. Understand your purpose. Say to somebody next to you, you got to understand your purpose. So let's say it again. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Are there any cheerful givers in the house this Sunday morning? One more time, all the cheerful givers, lift your hands and let's just pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, let the word be displayed with simplicity, wisdom, understanding. Let light be shed. Let there be seeds, God, sown into good ground within our spirit and help us to apply it. Help us to learn how to walk in the word. Help us to learn how to live by the word. In Jesus' name, we declare this done. Amen. Somebody give the Lord a hand clap just because he's worthy. He's so worthy. He's so worthy. Thank you, Lord. And you can be seated. God bless you. Thank you for worshiping. Today, you're going to receive insight, understanding on a principle that will release you from prison. Financial prisons. Prospering. Prosperity in your life is a natural atmosphere of the kingdom. Favor is a natural environment in the kingdom. 
If you look at the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, there is no lack of anything. I want you to recognize this concept. When God put his kingdom inside of us, it was to expand it and release it in the world or in our lives. So if around you is not, if, if your life around you is not displaying what's inside of you and what's inside of you is not displaying what's, something's off. Something is off. And we have to begin to look at three areas of our life from which all avenues flow. Time being number one. Talent or skill or abilities, number two. And the third is treasure, finance, things that are meaningful to you, eternal things. Where your treasure is, your heart will be also. Talents and abilities. God has given everyone a purpose. Your talents were meant to purposely be used. Time. Your time is to be well spent with God. And when you time manage yourself correctly through prayer, devotion, worship, God will bless the rest of your time. The more time you spend with God, the less time you'll spend with problems. You can write that down if you like to. The more time you spend with God, the less time you'll spend with people with drama or have to deal with people with drama. The more time you spend with the one who has all authority in his bosom and the right hand in his hand, a scepter of righteousness, right hand, which is the authority of the Holy Ghost, the less time you'll spend with demonic spirits that play games with you. Time is valuable. Time is valuable. So through these avenues, if one of them, now catch this, it's very important. If one of these avenues of time, talent, treasure is lacking or has been infiltrated, it will overspill to the other. It will overspill to the other. We're going to be dealing with treasure today. Because a lot of people do not think that your money, treasure, or your valuables has any spiritual connotation or influence. But we need to talk about everything that's involving the kingdom of God. This next semester, you're going to really enjoy it. We're talking about kings and kingdoms, teaching on kings and kingdoms. We have gone through and we began to talk about the kingdom of God, making room for his presence. Last year, we went through the priesthood, understanding the tabernacle, the operations of priests, how to take spiritual control of every environment as a priest. But then we're now we're walking into the next semester where we're operating as kings, having dominion and authority. This year should be the most prosperous year of your life if you apply these principles. I'm going to say it again. This year should be the most dominant and prosperous year based on everything we've been teaching here. If you apply it correctly, you're going to see things begin to transpire. But we're dealing with first fruits and the principle of putting God first in every area. And this is going to be an awesome 
awesome lesson. Next week, we have Pastor Robin Steele from Promised Land San Marcos, one of the wisest men that I know pastorally in the region that deals with finances, and he's going to come and teach you the principle of tithing from a biblical perspective. How many of you want to learn about that? You don't want to miss that next week. He's a teacher. He's a, he's a phenomenal pastor. So here's what I want to share with you. In the area, when it comes to your giving, we're going to be talking about today the heart of giving. The heart of giving. Remember, even when you minister, as you minister to people, you're giving a skill that's obtained in the spirit. Did you know that prayer is a skill? Jesus had two abilities. He was a carpenter and he was a prayer warrior. Two arts that he knew, a craft and an art. I believe prayer is a type of art. It's learned. There's skill in it. There's principle. There's so many secrets to that. As you learn and as you understand prayer and worship, the more you want to do it because you get results. People who have prayers answered love to pray. A lot of the effectiveness of your life is based on the condition of your heart. If you're not careful, you will allow one of these four spirits to enter into your life that will over, overrun everything. And they're right here if you look at this slide. You can write these down, and I give you a definition of the first one is greed. The spirit of greed. By definition, it simply is an intense and selfish desire for something, especially wealth, power, and believe it or not, food. <laughs> you want to see how greedy you are? Fast. <laughs> How's your fast going so far? Don't, don't say too much. Just you know, give everybody away. Is it going okay? I hope it is. But if you've not fasted before, start where you're at. Just do one meal a day if you have to. Work your way up. The main thing is just get started. You'll see so many benefits with this. It deals with the old nature of greed. That rebellious part inside of you comes from your soul, your old nature. The soul will rebel and the soul will become greedy. Because... Our old nature desires selfish things. Selfishness is the root of a lot of problems. Greed for gain, wealth, power, food. The things that will hit your affection, the greed. The way the Spirit of God begins to break that, one of the main weapons you have for breaking the spirit of greed is giving. Giving. Giving will break it. Remember, giving is a form of worship. Giving God the first fruits. First fruits, remember we talked about this the very first week of this series. We talked about how Jesus was the first fruits. The lamb, the clean lamb, according to the law that God gave to Moses. That if anyone had a donkey, an unclean animal that wanted, they wanted to keep, 
that it would require the life of a clean animal, a lamb, to cover it and be given so that they can keep it. In other words, or redeem it. And Jesus became the sacrificial lamb for all the unclean. Here we are, the unclean. We've been made clean by the blood of the lamb. We were redeemed. But God gave the first fruits, his only begotten son, to redeem us. The principle applies to everything else. When you give willingly, when you give even with restriction, you will eventually create an avenue and greed will die. Write this down. What you don't feed doesn't grow. What you don't feed doesn't grow. But if you feed greed and become selfish for wealth, power, control, our fleshly desires, you will feed it and it will dominate. This will carry over unto your time and talent where you won't give of your time to God because it's your time and you want more. You want more. And I'm going to tell you the vastness of greed. There is no restrictions. You can go as far as you want to. It's a, it's a cesspool. You can drown in greed. You can drown in, in selfishness. Another motive behind that would be fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. You see, that's the that's paradox. When people become greedy for power, they already have power through Jesus Christ. And he has all power. It's, it's a lie coming in the form of a truth. Just like Adam and Eve were in the garden, and, and what did the serpent tell Eve? He said, did not God say that if you eat from this tree, you'll have knowledge? Become wise like him? When the truth was, they were already like him. But see, you see the lie. Tempted them with greed, wanting more. That was the first temptation. But fear creeped in to Adam and Eve's life after the fact. Why? And where's the proof of that? They hid themselves for fear. They hid themselves. Greed will cause you to gain power and cause you to sin and hold back the areas of your life that belong to God because you're fearful of losing power, authority, influence, and it will cause you to hide yourself. Fear will cause you to hide from God. Fear is an unpleasant, often strong emotion caused by anticipation of awareness or awareness of danger, of danger. I'm afraid we're not going to have enough. I'm afraid if we do this, then we're not going to have enough for bills. I'm afraid if we do this, that the pastor's going to misappropriate it. Because the last pastor did. Let's just be honest. There are some people in the world that have given ministry a bad name. And now when you look at ministry, you're thinking you're giving to a man not unto God. That's the misconception. You're giving unto God. But the fear of lacking 
is what will whisper in your ear. Fear is the avenue and insecurity. Insecurity and the fear are the open doors to allow every other spirit to come into your life. Fear and insecurity are the doors that, are, that will be open in your life to every demonic spirit that will whisper in your ear. But faith and confidence in your position and knowing who you are will keep them out. This is all based on the scripture where fear of lack, greed. You see, this is what Judas's problem was. Judas sat there and watched the woman with the alabaster box come in, break the ointment, precious ointment, cost lots of money. Very precious, valuable. Some people would have considered it to be her life savings. And she came and used it to anoint Jesus. And what did Judas say? Why wasn't this taken, sold, and given to the poor? He had a conflict of interest. What she called worship, he called waste. Because of a spirit of greed. How do you know he was greedy? Because this is what the scripture says. The scripture says he did not care about the poor, for he was a thief. Thieves are greedy. They want power, position, material thing. They'll rob you. Fear of lacking, of not having enough will drive you to take action. And when we withhold from God what belongs to him, now you may say to yourself, I'm not a thief, Pastor Bobby. Let's test that. You ready? When you withhold what belongs to God and keep it, for fear or greed, you're a thief. What did God tell Israel? You've stolen from me. Where have we stolen? They said, he said, in tithes and offerings. Why? Because it's the first fruit. You know, the principle also is found with Achan in the first, uh, uh, the first city of the promised land. He got greedy. He took from the riches of Jericho. And put it in his tent and hid it. There are compartments within our heart that have been infiltrated by things that belong to God because of fear and greed. Why was that so important? Because the city of Jericho was the first fruits of the promised land. It belonged to God. Whatever belongs to God, when it's in your possession, it becomes a curse to you. That's why you need to release it to redeem the rest. You need to release it. Dr. Allen and I were talking right before service today, and he was telling me that uh, he had been preaching, and uh, someone came up to him after he was preaching something very similar to what I'm speaking of here, and he said that uh, an individual came up to him and said, yeah, I, I don't have to give like that. Uh, that's under the law. I'm under grace, <laughs> under a new covenant. And he replied back with one of the most coolest responses I've ever heard in my life. He said, wonderful. He said, that's good for you. You're a grace giver. He took into the scripture and said where they gave all under grace. <laughs> so you shouldn't have problem with 10% at all. They gave it all under the new covenant. In fact, under the new covenant, they gave 90%. 
They gave it all and lived off a of ten. Can you read it? You know, J.C. Penney did that. You've been to J.C. Penney. How many of you shop at J.C. Penney's? Look at the history. Look at his, he was a Christian. Look what he gave. He lived off of 10% and gave 90. No wonder why he was so wealthy. Here's what I'm trying to teach you. It's not a money issue. It's a heart issue. Not a money issue. Giving has nothing to do with your material things as you think. Those material things manifest based on the spiritual condition of your life and your hard work. God will bless you based on your worship. And you cannot, according to scripture, worship both God and mammon. Just God. The next one is pride. Pride will stop you. Pride is a feeling of being better or more deserving than others. Pride says, no, I deserve this. I worked hard. I'm the one who sweated. I'm the one who gave overtime. I'm the one who did this. It was by, it's by my doings that we have what we have, not God. And you've heard this on the news. God didn't do this. We did. How many times have you heard politicians say that in different states when it comes to the pandemic turning around and things happen? You've heard people try to take the good things away from God. But let me remind you, had it not been for God giving you even the right mind, the wisdom, the understanding, the favorable conditions, everything in your environment, nothing would happen. Nothing would happen good. Every good and every perfect gift comes from above. So God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Someone say it's about worship. The heart of giving is about worship. Pride will stop it. Pride will say, look what I have done and look what we can do. And that's exactly what Lucifer did. And he came down so fast. I mean, like, God, I mean, I don't know how long along the way his thought pattern was or how many meetings he had with angels that were underneath his responsibility. But the scripture says they came down so fast it was like lightning. Pride will bring you down fast. You can't allow it. The last one is entitlement. Entitlement mentality, the entitlement mentality is defined as a sense of deservingness or being owed a favor when little or nothing has been done to deserve special treatment. In other words, just be happy I'm here. Entitlement. Well, I deserve this because, you understand what I'm saying? Well, I did this for you. You owe me. See, you may not say that, but you may think that in the back of your mind. And how do you know that? How do you know you've said that? How do you know you think that? Because whenever you do a favor for somebody and bless them, when it comes your time and they don't do it for you, you get offended, right? That's how you know. Entitlement. Everything you do. Everything you give, it should be done as unto the Lord. And let him become your reward. If you want freedom from offense, if you live in offense, there's something wrong with your spirit. You have the spirit of entitlement. Because when you do something for the church, you serve, you give yourself, you'll end up saying, they're just using me there. I'm being used. When you're the one who prayed, Lord, use me. Please use me, God. And he puts you in training and sees where you're at in your spirit. 
and the pastor asks you to help clean the church, and you're like, what? The church? I'm made for a microphone, not a broom. Turn it upside down. So the cushion's for. Entitlement. Somebody, God owes you. God owes you because I showed up. God doesn't owe us nothing. We owe him everything. Isn't he so good that he allows us to keep 90% of everything that we've got? Did you know only a small 10% opens up the windows of heaven according to Malachi chapter 3? He said, see not if I open up the windows of heaven. I want you to write this down, and you do the study. Are you ready? 10% opens up the windows of heaven. Your offering determines what comes through. There's a promise from God that's found in Luke. I don't have this on my notes. I just took it right before in the church when we are talking. Luke chapter 6, verse 38 says it like this. Give. And it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaking together. Look at the concept here in a basket of harvest and grain. It's like God wants to continually shake down. Have you ever, have you ever tried to get as much as you can into a basket? Have you ever tried to press in as much as you can? Well, God says, this is what I'm going to do for you. With good measure, a good measure pressed down, then shaken together, running over, shall men and people give with the same measure unto you. It'll come back to you, but your motive has to be worship. You do it just because it belongs to God, number one. I'm just returning back to God what belongs to him. And if you keep it, see, I have seen this happen so many times in my life. Let me say with my life first. That way you'll know that I'm not just saying this just to say it. But I have had God speak to me about amounts in my spirit. Maybe I didn't have clarity and know that was God, but I felt an amount, and I only gave half of it. And then I found myself in trouble after that, thinking I will be blessed. But somehow trouble comes after that, and the amount I was supposed to give goes to bills or accidents or problems I have to fix, and I lose it all. I have seen this in people's lives where people come up, make a declaration or promise because the Lord spoke to them. The Lord told me to give this. And when they didn't give the full amount, what God told them to do and kept it back, something immediately happens that will take away the rest. Because what belongs to God belongs to God. It's a principle. But you won't have a problem doing it if you do it from the heart of giving and the perspective of worship. Everyone say first fruits. It's an offering unto the Lord. It's, it's, it's what belongs to God. We give him rightly back what belongs to him of the first fruit of our increase. And when we do that, the rest is blessed. 
And based on your faith, you continue to give an offering unto God. There are people that started to come here that have shared testimonies with me that since they got the right perspective of giving and understood it was a form of worship, it had nothing to do with money. You see, what money is, it's a means to manifest what you can't see. And they've told me since they started doing it with the right perspective and from the perspective of worship, God has blessed them. And when kings understand that they are provisionaries for the vision and give purposely, then God funnels through them to support and underwrite the work. If you want to be an underwriter to the kingdom of God, begin to give out of the heart of worship and purpose, not, uh, not grudgingly, willingly, and say, Lord, use me and be consistent with it. And through your consistency, God will promote you and elevate you. When I first got the concept of this, I started to do it out of not understanding, really. Just out of obedience. But when I got the concept, I saw God do something for me. He started destroying all of my enemies. Point number one, God's love destroys all your enemies when it comes to giving. When you start doing it out of worship and love, you start doing it willingly and you can't wait. Just like you can't wait to give him your worship through your praise. Everybody said, I'm a worshiper of Jesus Christ. Not if you don't give. Because you have reservation inside of you and that's an area of your heart you have not released to the Lord. Well, he's my Lord and Savior. He's, he's maybe your Savior, but he's not your Lord yet until you have relinquished full control and given back to him what belongs to him. Lord means owner. He owns us. He purchased your soul. I don't care who tries to sell their soul to the devil. They have no right to because Jesus purchased it at Calvary through the blood. You belong to the Lord. Everyone belongs to the Lord. That's why somebody can be redeemed and delivered and set free without the devil's permission. But everything in our life that ties into our heart has to be lined up with him. This is a matter of worship. Worship. God's love destroys all things. When God began to deal with me and my little family, Haley was just a baby. She looked just like Selah. And we did not have a lot and we had to, man, we prayed and asked God for, to help us. But we started giving. I was only making $8 an hour working for Brown and Root Construction in the plants. $8 an hour. Had to pay for an apartment, diapers, food, all bills. That's not much. But as I began to release that in my heart along with my rest of the worship in my life, and, and I made him the Lord of my life, that means he owned everything, and now I gave him free room to flow. And people would show up at my door with groceries. People would just, out of nowhere, people would give us diapers. Out of nowhere, God began to lift our faith and show us. But there was something more important than that. He gave us a love. He changed our hearts because there was no more reservation for the enemy to come through. 
with greed, pride, entitlement, selfishness in any way, fear. It was gone. Sometimes you have to give until it hurts, until it doesn't hurt anymore, and it becomes a joy. Now, I'm going to say this to you. Most pastors probably wouldn't do this, but I'm going to say it. It's just like worship. I remember some of you, when you first started coming to the church, you were half-masked. Your cells were down here. Then they went to here. Then they went to here. Then they went all the way up here. And then you started talking, and then you started worshiping. If all you have the faith for is to start off at 2%, then go to 3, 5, 6, 7, 10. Start someplace, at least get started, and you're going to see God begin to move and honor that and teach you that there's a reward with that. Now, if you're a person of faith and you believe that you're just going to step up by faith and be consistent, then start off right where God tells you to start from. And, but here's the secret. Are you ready? Don't expect money to grow up in your garden. That's not what it's about. When God started blessing me, God started blessing me in so many different ways. He gave me wisdom. He gave me favor on the job. Are you listening? Remember, giving to God comes back in different forms spiritually. Money is just a manifestation of the blessings and the means of God, but it's spiritual. So when you sow into the kingdom, many times when you sow, God will begin to deal with the people in your life that are robbing you from your finance, from that relative who always calls you every month and says, oh, yes, primo, you're not going to believe it, but my washer is broke again, again. We need money for groceries. You know what will happen if you start praying and worshiping and let God become the Lord of every area of your life? He'll begin to bless people like that so they'll be blessed so they won't be calling you no more. You don't think about that, but that's what God does. He did it for Israel. They were the same pair of chancas all through the wilderness. Solid. He'll begin to give you wisdom, strategy, understanding. He'll network you with the right people. He'll do things for you to set it up. Oh, my God. Just turn to your neighbor and tell him, put your seatbelts on. He's coming. Here it is. Here it's coming. Oh, I'm going to say something you may hate me for, but you may thank me later as well, but God doesn't bless lazy people. Thank you, Lord Jesus. <laughs> when giving becomes a form of worship, he'll give you a love in your heart for the things of God. Watch this. 1 Corinthians 13, 3 says this. If I gave everything I have to the poor, even sacrifice my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I wouldn't have gained nothing. Someone say love you got to have a love in your heart and a motive. The motive has to be love, a love for God. And then you'll be able to, as you have a love for God, he'll give you a love for people, and you'll be able to bless people and also underwrite and bless the church accordingly. This is what happens. Love is patient, and love is kind. 
So love will sustain you. Where does love come from? From the heart of worship. When you've not allowed the spirit of greed, fear, all of that to come in and take away your, your patience and take away your insecurities, you will see the love of God begin to manifest in every area of your heart. It will protect you. The root of all evil is mammon or money. We need to kill this elephant. We need to deal with it, especially at this church, because we want God's best for you. It's not about the money. It's about your worship. It's about your heart condition. It's about protecting every other area of your life so God can flow. We need to be true worshipers of Jesus Christ. Love is patient. Love is kind. You don't become impatient when things don't come through the way they do. You say, Lord, thank you. Give me the patience, and I thank you, God. It doesn't make you irritable. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud. Love isn't jealous. When you see somebody else blessed in your life, you'll begin to say, thank you, Lord. Mine must be around the corner. Mine must be around. God is blessing the church. I'm telling you, there are seasons when I'll tell you, you better position yourself because God is fixing to bless us. And who do you think God's going to use to underwrite these assignments? You. The faithful givers. But if you're not careful, you'll have a spirit of entitlement and say, well, the pastor never calls me. You never call me either. <laughs> Goes both ways. I never got invited to his house. You haven't invited me to your house. <laughs> that goes both ways, man. Pastor never calls me. Well, listen, let me just tell you something. We teach you how to call on Jesus so he supplies all of your needs. Our job is to decipher you not to show up to your birthday parties. <laughs> Some of y'all missed that. I'm glad you did. But anyways, <laughs> it does not demand its own way. It doesn't demand its own way. Love doesn't say, okay, God, I gave you this. You give me that. No, 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 no. Love says it's yours. It's yours. It's not irritable. It not, keeps no record of being wrong. Well, I gave them this, and when I needed help, they didn't give me nothing. That's because they're not your God. Your God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. And let me do you the, let me help somebody here, help somebody else. If you're that relative that keeps calling other people for help, stop doing that and start calling on Jesus and test him and try him and see that he will not open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, not enough room to, to, to contain. I'm telling you, the economy of the kingdom is well. There is no recession in the kingdom of God. I want you to repeat this after me. Are you ready? Repeat this after me. Say, right now, in my spiritual influence, I stand in the rightful place given unto me by the name of Jesus and the kingdom of God that the wealth that was stored up in the wicked's house is not stored up anymore but being transferred to me because I have a purpose I have to underwrite the kingdom of God I am blessed beyond measure I will not be fearful 
I will not be greedy. I will not be entitled. I work for the Lord. I serve the Lord. I am a king. I am a priest. No devil will take a hold of me in my mind, in my spirit, in my business, in my finances. I am blessed. Somebody give the Lord a hand clap and say amen. You got to learn how to talk and release it. Once again, let me give you, you cannot outgive God. John chapter 3, verse 16. For God loved the world so much that he what? Gave. Gave. Something more precious than money, silver and gold, his son. We learned about this the first week. Again, you got to remember, it's not about the money, guys. It's about the condition of your heart. God wants your worship. He just wants you to make him the Lord of your life and give him first place. And then when that happens, you become a cheerful giver. And you can be all spiritual. You want, you can get, I don't care how many degrees you get behind your name. If you don't get the basics down with prayer, fasting, and giving, just the basics. Those are the ABCs of Christianity. If you don't do the study and begin to do it from a heart of worship and from the perspective of Jesus being your Lord, you missed it. Because remember, he gave before you did. Not only did he give, he gave his only begotten son. And then he gives us the majority of everything we've got in our life, everything. Everything he allows us to have. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That's the key. Number two, and the last point is this. Giving is an act of love towards God. Giving is an act of love towards God. Whatever we give, when it's done with love, it becomes worship. Whenever, when whatever we give, time, talent, treasure, when we do it out of love, it becomes worship. When we give generously and sacrificially, it's not because God needs anything. It's because he wants to show, he wants to show our love to him, to the world. He wants us to see our love that he has for us. Love is displayed by sacrifice. Giving is an expression of obedience. Yes, also of gratitude. When you withhold what belongs to God, it becomes a curse to you. And so if you've ever knew that you were supposed to give God something and you withhold it back and right afterward, all hell broke loose, maybe it's because you didn't lose what all belonged to heaven. The way I see it and experience it, obedience will bring the hand of God and the protection of God into your life when it's worship. Trust. You have trust develop in your life and increasing joy. God seeks out and recognizes those who worship him. John 4, 23. But the time is coming, yes, indeed is here now when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. 
You can say spirit according to the love of God, the generosity of God, the faith of God, and the truth according to the word of God. In all areas, we must be obedient to God, and that is a form of worship. For the Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. He is looking, seeking. If you have been dealing with things generationally in your life, they can be broken. They can be broken. There have been people who have sold their souls to demonic activity and witchcraft and everything else to prosper in their life because they desired to be rich. And it's carried on for generation to generation to generation, even if you haven't done it. It will carry on. These are familiar spirits. And when familiar spirits aren't dealt with, they'll visit the next generation the same way. But you have a chance to deal with it and break it by the power of worship in every area of your life. You can break it because God will break it. You have authority, therefore God has power. Come on, Alicia, here's what I want to give you. The definition of a heart of worship is a fully, a, a, a giving heart, of a giving heart. A giving heart is fully surrendered to the lordship of Jesus Christ. The lordship. What does lordship mean? The owner of. Owner. Repeat after me. My soul has been purchased by the blood of the lamb. I belong to him. He bought me. Everything belongs to him. So what does he want? He doesn't want your money. He wants your worship. He wants your obedience. He wants that area of your heart that's not in reservation. That's what this is all about. First fruits. That's what this is all about. You'll find yourself, if you have something, if you're bound by things in your spirit and have restrictions, giving will break it as well as a form of worship I've learned the principle of giving by giving beyond of what I don't have and not seeing the returns physically I never look for the returns and expect God because I give you this God you give me that's entitlement I give to you God because you had a need you have when you move from, okay, God, here are my needs, to God, what are your needs? That's where the blessings come. See, my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. But here's the secret. When your needs become his needs, you reciprocate. When your prayer life is, goes from, this is what I need today, to, Lord, what can I do for you? Things change. Do you see what I'm talking about? What does God need? What are the needs? That's the secret. I mean, you just caught what I just said. How many of you want that kind of a heart? How many of you want that kind of a heart? Will you stand to your feet and let's press in. Let's just press in for a moment. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit RiversideChurchTX.com.